Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi everybody and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel live broadcast and subsequent podcast. Today I am delighted to be talking to an amazing lady who I consider a real hero of the outdoor world. So today we're not talking records and running really, really fast or really, really far. We are talking about something way more important, something that is truly heroic, selfless and charitable. So here we have single mum Fran Pearson. She set up a not-for-profit organisation called Kit Squad where she connects donated second-hand outdoor kit from people like me and you with families and individuals on low incomes so that they can enjoy the out enjoy the outdoors too so welcome Fran and how are you doing today? Thank you Do you know I'm really well um, I've come into work today and I'm really grateful that the unit that I work out of is actually really cool <laughs> so yes. um, yeah so my dogs are with me so if somebody turns up they may well bark so you might hear them barking if somebody turns up um, but the good thing is they're actually a lot better here than they are at home yes uh, yeah we've got a bit of a September heat wave at the moment haven't we it's really really funny <laughs> yeah no, but it's actually it's nice and cool here so I'm quite pleased to be here and not not at home because my house is quite stuffy yes yeah so you're in the storage unit for kit squad then um yeah. that's a new development isn't it because kit squad's such an amazing idea and I think it's the only one of its kind in the UK is that right uh yes it is so we're the only nationwide scheme that does this there may be smaller regional local ones um some that i'm not aware of um may well be out there but we're, we're the only nationwide uh scheme that offers this support for people who are living in poverty and we recently sent some gear over to northern ireland so we can now say we're confident that we cover the whole of the uk brilliant uh, yeah so we've supported people in all four of the home nations um yeah so we're, we're nationwide we're based in shropshire but we're nationwide Fantastic. And what gave you the idea to start Kit Squad? Well, to know, it's, this question gets asked a lot. And I can honestly, I can pinpoint the exact moment um, 
when when it started. So I just a little bit of background on me. I had to give up work eight years ago to become a full time carer for a family member. Um, it wasn't um, didn't feature on my life plan at all. Um, you know, but you know, life gets in the way of, of plans, and it, it certainly did for me. So I went from somebody who's a single mum working as a professional um, with a, a full-time salary um, to somebody who was completely reliant on benefits, um, two small children, um, and we ended up living in social housing. It just was so far removed from what my life was and where I envisioned my life being. Um, and my, my go-to place, really for my insanity, was to get out into the Shropshire Hills, put the boots on, dog on the leads, off we go. And literally, looking back, I genuinely think that probably saved my life. Yeah. Um, in terms of my physical and mental well-being and you know it's well documented getting out to green spaces um in the benefits on physical and mental health um it can be extremely positive and it wasn't my case so as a family we used to do this kind of or we still do we we get out there we wild camp wild swim uh, and we hike so when my son brought home a kit list from uh cubs for a uh, cub camp and a hike it didn't really matter because even though we're low income, because we did it as a family, we had the gear anyway. But literally, it, I just thought, what what do families do yeah. if they can't afford the gear and they don't have access to it? And I can pinpoint that was it, the exact moment that I thought maybe we could do something to help them out. Um, and so from there, I, I set a task for me and the kids to actually go through our own gear to see sort of what kind of surface gear people might have and I'll give you an example so we bivy probably two to three times a year just the three of us we had five bivy bags yeah why, why have we got five you yeah know? <laughs> but it, for the rate we use them we're never going to wear them out um you know and I just came to the conclusion that every house must have a cupboard or a room with this excess stocking so um yeah so that that's where it stems from literally it, it was the moment Dominic, my son, handed me that kit list and I looked at it, um, the, the penny dropped. But, and, and when I looked into it, I, to be honest, I was astounded and I still am that there was nothing out there like what we do. There was, there was just nothing available. Yeah, so, it seems like, you know, like DAV or something, there'd be a centralised like DAV, like Duke of Edinburgh's award sort yeah. of kit storage because my school did DAV. I was really lucky that we had a um like a shed thing where they had like five backpacks and sleeping mats and sleeping bags and things to give to the kids that didn't actually have them. And my school wasn't really it wasn't a disadvantaged school and, and they did that. The, the yeah. teachers just did that. And I just remember thinking who doesn't have a backpack? Because obviously yeah. my family is an outdoor well sort of an outdoory family. Um so yeah but yeah what do you do if you don't because they're really expensive all these items aren't they especially if you're going to buy them new and then never use them again um, yeah. so yeah this is a fantastic idea so um so how does it all work like how did you start working it how did you even tell people what you were doing or did you just start with those couple of bivy bags from your own house yeah literally just started with just the extra bit of kit that we've got and so my um in hindsight when I started when I kind of set formally well not formally when when I put the word out there first it was February 2020 which in all fairness in hindsight wasn't a good time to start <laughs> yeah just before <laughs> COVID this is the world closed down yeah. um, oh well in your back garden busy out there <laughs> well to be honest I start so I 
just for the first um, three years, I operated really purely on word of mouth. Um, and just it was just ticking over um, to start it February 2020. Um, and consistently, month on month, we have continued to grow in terms of gear coming in and gear going out Brilliant. as well. And um, you don't want it to start too fast, do you? Because if you're just you, you just you want yeah. a kind of a slow growth model, don't you? Because otherwise you'll yeah. just be swamped. Yes. Um, and this is actually um, something. So we, we officially launched in, Feb, uh, in January of this year. So yeah. for the first three years, it was just um, out of my house uh, on Word of Mouth, really. And then we officially launched with the website um, in February this year. We moved into this unit in March of this year. Um, and I've got um, a small team of amazing volunteers that come in and help me now. Um, but we were just having a bit of a discussion yesterday because there's a couple of areas that we're looking to expand into, one Fantastic. of which we're talking about today. Um, and, uh, and I'm always saying to them, one of the things we need to do is we need to manage that expansion because it, you run the risk of becoming too too busy too good uh, too needed and then you just become a victim of your own success because mm-hmm. it becomes at a point where too many people are asking for help too many gears being donated and you just can't manage it so um so we, we we have got areas that we want to move into but it's it's managed progression and it has to be because yeah. Otherwise, it's going to fail. Yeah, so just um, slowly, slowly. Yeah. yeah. And so um, eventually you're going to want a bit of running stuff and ultra running stuff sent in. Um, but at the moment, what are the types of things that you generally get sent in? Right, well, the, the, the probably our biggest beneficiary group, um, which you've already touched on, are really good Edinburgh. Okay, um, so um, you think about what somebody might need for Duke of Edinburgh expedition. Big backpack uh, uh, <laughs> springs to mind. Yeah, <laughs> bag. Uh, usually the tents are supplied, um, but um, we do get a lot of people ask for wild camping gear, so one or two person tents, um, and then uh, hiking boots, waterproofs is another thing that we're asked a lot for. Um, so the three, the two main areas really currently that we get asked gear for are sort of the wild camping stroke expedition gear and hiking gear. Um, and that has been the, the biggest areas really in the whole time we've been running for just over three and a half years. And now we're at a position where we're looking to expand out. So the areas that we're really wanting to promote and we're deciding now is about a good time to do it because the, the request this time of year tends to slow down a little bit yeah. as we're coming out, out of the summer into the autumn or winter months. Yeah. Um, so if we're going to sort of do any sort of... Uh, business modeling and promotion now's a good time to do it we can where well, we've got the time to divert our resources yeah. onto something else so the areas that we're looking to expand into are uh trail running or uh, foul running um wild swimming so sort of especially winter wild swimming with the youth of wetsuits we've got, we've got quite a few wetsuits donated in and also bike packing oh. um and cycling yeah Again, it's just to get people out, outdoors, physical exercise, um, and getting them into our green spaces because research does suggest that um, people who are living below the poverty line are massively underrepresented in our green spaces. And one of the reasons for that is lack of access to affordable gear. Um, so that's that's the kind of area that we, we're challenging, the barrier that we're going to smash. 
Yeah, because it's like people are like, oh, there, the outdoors is free. But it actually yeah. is far from free. Like you've got to pay to get there in the first place yeah, when you're living yeah, in yeah. a city. And yeah. then you've got to have some good stuff. Otherwise, you're not going to get very far. Um, so so things like... Yeah, I think um, the great example for that is, and it's one that I often allude to, though I have to be really clear that a lot of our beneficiaries, they may ask for waterproofs and hiking boots to take the dog for a walk from their front door. Yeah. So, you know, an expedition can be a multi-day hike yeah. or it can literally be walking around the playing fields from your front door. Yeah. And we, we support and uh, champion and promote all, all levels of expeditions. Yeah. Um, but if the example that I often look, talk about is Snowden. You look at Snowden. Yeah. Um, um, so it's a fantastic mountain to climb. Um, and also, I think a first mountain, it's really great as well, because there's paths there that have a lot of people that will support you. And there's a lot of information around the, the weather and things like that on Snowden. But you can't do it in trainers. If you can't afford a, a decent pair of hiking boots, um, that we do know people do do it in trainers, but the reality yeah, is like you, really can, you should have a decent <laughs> pair of foot. Yeah, decent like you can't foot. do it in like fashion trainers. Yeah. And yeah. Like flip flops. Um, so, yeah, so the, the idea being is that if you can't afford um, to get yourself a decent footwear, Snowden becomes um, unobtainable for you. So it's about bridging that gap, really. Yes, yeah, that's so, fantastic. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Um, so that's what you need more of. Um, and um, Severine is watching live and she says she has a bunch of technical tops. Um, most of them are branded. Um, she doesn't need all of them and she just wondered if, if you can use any is a t-shirts any any good yeah technical we'll take we'll take technical tops because what we will be doing when we send out the ultra kids we're going to be sending out some t-shirts and um, just for them to use as training t-shirts yeah um, but also just um so our initial um our, our primary objective for kit squads to get people who are low income outdoors mm. um our secondary objective is to uh, promote recycling, reusing and renewing kits. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think a lot of these companies, especially ones who hold specific events, they can do quite simply is when they have the technical T-shirts that you get from running and in, in participating in an event, they take the date off that they can easy, use it the next year. Yeah. Um, because we are finding in the trade that there's a you know, companies contact me. They've got like two thousand T-shirts that they couldn't shift at the event, yeah. that they can't use next year because they've put the date on them. Yeah. So um, it's you know just you know have a word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Little participate. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, look, do you realise if you hadn't put the dates on these, you could actually just use them for next year's event as well. Yeah. Saves them money uh, and saves the environment. It's a win-win. Yeah. I just yeah. got a t-shirt from Lakeland 50 and I didn't have an option to say I don't want a t-shirt because I didn't want a t-shirt and I just I don't know what to do with it I've just put it into charity um which is rubbish really I didn't I didn't want one and but there was no option to sort of say no and at the end they're just like here's a t-shirt and I, I was filming it so I couldn't really say no I don't want a t-shirt but maybe I should have maybe I should have yeah. said, no I don't want it but then they just have an extra t-shirt spare <laughs> so. yeah yeah so it's about sort of engaging um, the brands, some of the brands and some of the um, organisations who run these events to actually think about what they can do to be more su sustainable yeah. um, in running running their operations. Um, but we, we will take technical tees. Um, yeah. I'm, 
I'm, over the winter, I'm going to be running a campaign um, about what you can do to recycle things. Um, and one of the things I am considering, which I know another organisation called Pre-Love, which also do running gear, um, they've taken the technical tees and turned them into a quilt. They turned them into a what, sorry? A quilt. Oh, a quilt, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a bean bag. My mum made me a bean bag cover for all my technical T-shirts. I think it's in Finley's room. Um, but, yeah, you can make a, yeah. a lovely quilt uh, out, of, um, out of all your old technical T-shirts. It's a really nice project to do over the winter. Yeah, and it's a nice reminder of all the achievements that you've done in running yeah. these events. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I should have kept my Lakeland 50 one. I actually bought myself a Lakeland 50 t-shirt, um, a blue one that I really like, and I do wear that one. It's a cotton one, uh, just um, the technical ones. I just I never really wear because it has a big plastic logo on the front, so it's not very yeah. compatible with running. Um, so I would just never wear it. It's dark green. I don't really wear dark green, so I bought yeah. myself a different one. Yeah. I'll make I mean, that. feed that back to them as well. Yeah, because, I should um, write Mark an email. Yeah, and then if, they, if there's a smaller logo they can do, they might encourage people to re reuse it and then yeah 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 feedback isn't it yeah it is <laughs> and it's, it's sharing everything as well um severine said um she what a great initiative um she's going to oh, share the web page to her running club and her local community as well so that more people find out about it over the winter um and Amazing. is there anything that you can't take in is there or is there anything that you just think or maybe not those um let's let's not do those ones um, so uh, there's there's one sort of set of things that we won't take in, and that's just what we, what we kind of would class as safety gear. So helmets, um, harnesses, for example, climbing ropes, um, life jackets, um, the kind of safety gear that we can't um, uh, work out the integrity of. You know, yeah, even I mean, a helmet, even brand new with tags. I don't know if it's been dropped. Yeah, um, you know, so we we just don't take it in. Well, I've got a couple of helmets here that have snuck in, yeah. um, which we won't pass on, um, which I'm going to turn into hanging baskets. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm going to recycle them. We'll we'll use them. We won't bin them. Yeah. Um, so it's the kind of the safety gear, the safety technical gear we yeah. don't accept. and ropes and things like that and harnesses yeah. and climbing just, stuff. Yeah, we can't guarantee the integrity of it, so we just we just choose not to. My insurance company is quite happy with that decision. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what we won't accept. So was there another part to that question? Um, no, I suppose just like, um, do you take, you, you'd rather have like the gear side of things, like the, the kind of equipment side of things, rather than the clothing side of things is like backpacks, yes. like you're more interested in like backpacks, hiking yeah. poles, sleeping so bags. I've got a couple of examples here. So there was there was another part to that question. I know what it was. Is there anything um, that you won't set? Yeah, there was another part to my answer. Sorry, not your question. Yeah. So basically, if there's if you've got stuff that you would um, would continue to wear, but you're choosing to donate it, maybe because it's surplus stock, or you've outgrown it, or it's um, it's too big for you now, or whatever. That that's the kind of thing. I always when I get stuff in. I always look at it and think, well, I use it. Um, and if the answer is yes, it's good enough for us and it will go out on the shelves. Yeah. Um, so um, we, in terms of equipment, we probably get asked more for equipment than we do for clothing. Yeah. If I'm honest. Um, yeah, but that's I do the more wonder... expensive thing, isn't it? Because you can go to Decathlon and get some quite yeah, cheap yeah. Kind of outfit and yeah. yeah. Definitely. Backpacks and things. Um, 
but I do wonder as well that um, I do one of the other things we're going to do is actually promote what we do have in stock because I do wonder if part of the reason for that is people not actually thinking that they can ask for it because they don't really like to get it in yeah, stock yeah. but that's another, another project for another the extra thing to do yeah <laughs> so um, I've just got a, a pair of shoes um, off the shelves and they, they're, they're innovate so oh, cool. uh, they're really nice shoes and the sole is there's plenty of life left in those oh gosh yeah um, and I've actually got a pair of Innovate shoes myself, and I really like them. I find them very comfortable. Um, and generally, they're a really good brand, um, and they're very well made. Um, I like them. I rave about them. So those kind of things. Yeah. Because uh, I do know, well, I have heard this, and I don't know, maybe you can tell me, being an ultra runner yourself, that when you're training, you should train in the kit that you're going to race in. Yeah. Yeah. So it needs to be decent kit that's going to um see you through and then you you know you can get a feel for it as you're training and if it's if it's not suitable and you know you've got time to adjust that and come back to us and say that's not long yeah. so another thing that we get asked for a lot at least i think you call them running vest yeah yeah running yeah. pack running vet or, or race vest yeah yeah so we get asked a lot for these yeah. um and these these are always really useful this is a solomon one so it's got you know with, as you know the room for your bladder at the back um so um we, we have got quite a few bladders here i'm still yet to really figure out um whether or not i mean maybe you would know about sort of handing out a second hand bladder yeah whether you can in i'm not sure whether how clean it will be i'm never really entirely sure how to clean them i have a bladder which i use for myself when i go out hiking which lives in my freezer at home um you know and so and um, yeah we, we haven't really figured that bit out yet yeah I just usually clean it in Milton um you know that baby oh, just said that, that baby well. stuff yeah, yeah. so I've got um a lot of runners use soft bottles as well you know like in the in the front two pockets like like okay. that so there might be a few of these kind of coming your way after this chat yeah. um so yeah I would just um put Milton in them um give them a good shake um and, and leave them for a bit but then these yeah. these tops are a bit more difficult to do. So I'd probably um, maybe even pull it off. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As much as I could and kind of get the old toothbrush and just give it a bit of a wash, but just soaking yeah. it in Milton. Um, should should do the trick really. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that should be all right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we yeah. we got quite a few of those bottles in as well. Then 
Yeah. Oh, and um, Savrine says you can get into some new nozzles as well for bladders. So you can get a new one. If it's all furred up and disgusting, then then new ones Ooh. can can be bought. I so might, I might to know. figure out where to, what companies do those and ask yeah. them if they'd like yeah. to donate them. Ask them for yeah. a donation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Great idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're quite easy to care for. These, yeah, you just stick them in the freezer, or I just um, leave them like that, um, so that just on a windowsill or something, so that all the water sort of evaporates out of them. And I yeah. don't use anything but water in them, which helps as well. So if you start using like squash and all sorts of energy drinks and powders and stuff, that can make them go really gooey and disgusting. But if you're just using water, then it's easier to clean them. I'm just lazy, so I just use water. <laughs> yeah, well, water's good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so now we know what kind of stuff you're after, um, and what kind of stuff we can potentially send you once we've had a bit of a rifle for our kit drawers. Um, how do the low income people find out about you, and how do they apply? Like, if anybody's listening who thinks, "Oh, actually, that's me," actually in this current situation with the, you know, the cost of living crisis going on yeah. at the moment, how do they find out about you? So it's we haven't really promoted ourselves it's all done through word of mouth and uh things like what we're doing today will would spread the word a, a little bit further again we need to keep it quite manageable um but people can apply via our um website so um you're more than welcome to contact me on email or through whatsapp but all applications need to come through the, the online application form on our website um and the reason for that is because it keeps everything in a central place in terms of um, processing it and the admin involved, it's it's just easier because one thing, one of the reasons why we brought that in is because I was getting um, applications on Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, email, yeah. contact form through the website, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and I just couldn't keep on top of it. So yeah. we get a lot of sort of requests for gear um, through those other areas, but I always so you need you need to do the online form on our website. So anybody who's in receipt of means tested benefits um, is welcome to apply for gear. Um, we we have quite a lot of stock in, so it's very rare that we're unable to supply anything. Um, but we we don't have an um, infinitive amount of stock, and we don't have the capacity to get stock in if we don't have what you're asking for. So just yeah. be mindful of that as well. Yeah. So um, just like ask again later. At a later date yeah. or do you keep them all like pinned up somewhere like oh something's come in or that's the match that for that person or is it just like they've got to reply later yeah uh, to be honest it's, it's very rare that we haven't got what people want but I just want people to be aware that you know so if I suddenly had um in the next two weeks 30 requests for trial running shoes mm. I, I wouldn't be able to fulfill it yeah um, but you know so just just kind of be mindful that we haven't always got in stock very bizarrely, uh, we get asked a lot for size nine hiking boots and shoes, hmm. and we very rarely get size nine hiking boots and shoes. Really? And size nine is really a random number. Yeah. yeah, it's like the common, most common foot size for men, isn't it? Size nine. I thought it was really common. Yeah, we, do you know what though? I do generally find, and this is for any of your male, um, male followers, um. I got contacted yesterday by a local, um, it Shropshire Supports Refugees, and we've got um, 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 a, a really lovely big refugee community in Shropshire, and they, they do what they can to support them. 
and they they rang me up yesterday. So the lady who run, runs it, um, um, she said, look, we seem to have a bit of a problem that a lot of the clothes that we get donated are from women. Yeah. She said, look, do do you have like any surplus men's gear? And I said, no, we have exactly the same problem. And I and I don't know where I've come to possibility that it's maybe for three reasons. One, men don't think to donate it. Two, uh, men will literally wear clothes that they fall off. In the case of my uh, dad, yes. <laughs> or and, and three, or a combination of the three. Um, so they, they don't think to donate it. They wear it till it falls off. They just or they just don't have the extensive wardrobes that females do. I, I don't know that the reason That might be it. the case. I mean, stereotypically, females are the ones that go out and buy things all the time. We're supposed to, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I our mean, role in society. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, if there's any, any anybody sort of watching this who... Um, has access to male clothing that is surface to requirements, please send it in because it's probably 70-30% leaning towards females in terms of the donations we get in, but the requests that we get are probably 50-50. Yeah. So um, we do really seem to be very short of men's gear. Well, not short, but it's just not as accessible to us as women's gear. I'll ask my dad via my mum of course <laughs> and um <laughs> and I'll, I'll have a rifle through my husband's gear yeah yeah <laughs> he doesn't know what's in it <laughs> ask my well, mum you, you won't miss it there you go yeah yeah so this is does seem like a like a, a huge undertaking um and as a single mum how on earth do you find the time to organize all of this because like i i've got one child and someone who's helping me so how and i don't have time to do something like this on top of my job so how on earth do you find the time to 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 even do this not like not to mention the mental energy <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> Well, my kids are at an age where they're actually quite useful. Oh, I, don't, I don't know how old your child is, Two. but my oh, no, that's not <laughs> at, at not the maybe. opposite of useful. Yeah, so my kids are fifteen and sixteen, um, and actually my my son has been in here quite a lot with me over summer. Um, he's quite good at doing the tents, uh, sorting out, putting up tents, checking them. Um, you know, so they're they're quite useful. Um, my daughter, um, well, she, I say she's 16, she's 16 in, um, next week. She's really good at helping me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not really on idea. Um, you know, so my kids are actually quite useful and they're also in age now, um, like when my son's at home today that, you know, I can leave him, he can sort himself out, get himself yeah. some and, you know, he's, you know, so that's, that's really useful. I think had my kids been two and three, no way would have been able to um, give myself as much time yeah. and energy to into running this that I do at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, so that's really helpful. People say to me like, "What are your opening hours?" And to be honest, I don't really have opening hours because um, one of the things I learned, I had to give up work. Going going back to my own life story, and my boss at the time. Um, she worked so hard to try and keep me employed for as long as possible. But in the end, I've taken so much time off that I was just taking using up unpaid annual leave. Um, and then it just it worked out that I was actually, I just couldn't sustain it. Um, but it and so I'm very aware that, and I say this of all my volunteers, is that, you know, give me as much time and energy as you can, but your lives come first. Um, so that if, if something's happening in your life that you need to address, don't give it a second thought. 
that you can't do that because you've got to be here you know um and that's the kind of ethos that i'm wanting to run this business doing so um, my daughter has a lot of hospital appointments she's got um a kind of appointment coming up in a couple of weeks which will take a good part of the day and so i just you know rub that day out in the diary and that's how i manage um fit squad so it i manage it around my life yeah as and when you can when you yeah. can you do <laughs> yeah yeah um and so when the kids go to the dance for the weekend i'll quite often be here all weekend because it's it's a good time for me to come in and catch up yeah you know so it just operates around my life really um but I'm very conscious that my life takes priority um but the two complement each other well yeah that's brilliant and yeah. so and what would you say are the, the major challenges um facing well you and kit squad at the moment but to be honest the only challenge that i have that we have running kit squad is um fundraising it's our biggest single-handed most challenging aspect to running it and it has been the entire time so mm-hmm. um we have a lot of people say to us oh um they want to form collaborations and we'll promote you and get you lots of donations. The donations have never really been an issue for us. Yeah. Um, like I've just, I've turned up this morning, there's a 22 kilo box donator left at the door. Um, you know, donations um, are not really an issue for us. Yeah. Um, funding it is the issue. That's because our, money. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at the moment, currently, it costs about £2,000 a month to run Kit Squad. And we are completely reliant on um, donations, um, grants, which are quite challenging, quite hard to get, mm. um, especially because we're not having got that charity number. Though we're applying for charity status at the moment, yeah. Um, it, you know, and we run Patreon as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, but single-handedly, and there's many months. So I'm on. I'm on Lincoln support myself. Um, we all run this as volunteers. Um, and probably most months I'm having to top up the bank account to see his fruits for the next month. Yeah, so you're putting um, in a good chunk to the, yeah, the near uh, charity. Yeah, so we haven't had a holiday for three years since I've been running this. Oh, so, yeah. you know, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, oh, you sort of need like a big, like, um, what do you call them? Uh, oh, not entrepreneurs. They're called something beginning with P, um, philanthropist. You need a philanthropist yeah. to, uh, oh, you could go on Dragon's Den and just say, we're not looking for any investment. We're just looking for two grand a month, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, did, I did think about doing that, but I think um, they they like schemes that line their own pockets, don't they? Yeah, which is and why. I don't think there's any, any money to be made in this, if I'm honest. No, you know? it's a charity, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, you sort yeah. of need like a backer, like, I don't know, one of the royal family or, um, you know, the Duke of Edinburgh himself whoever it is these days um oh do you know i tell you what um and i do know who it is it's um it's prince edward and i know where oh, he yeah. lives because I, I used to live down the road from him oh uh, yeah and, um, yeah so in that danny he's down in sorry and um um interestingly um so the duke of edinburgh um i've, I've now got connections with Duke of Edinburgh and oh they they I have to say they've been really engaging with me in terms of adapting their kit list. Fantastic. Um because I didn't think their kit list was particularly um lenient towards people who were low income or yeah. in 
promotes environmental factors um, and so they've been working really hard with me to actually get that addressed um, but it took me a long time to get them to engage with me to the point where I actually was thinking about just if, well if you don't I'm just going to write to Prince Edward. Yeah well I think write to yeah. him I mean £2,000 a month is nothing for these people is it? No. It's absolutely no. nothing like no. and I know what you mean people are keen to give me an outdoor freelance journalist they want to give me loads of gear they want to give me a free race place they don't want to pay me any actual money and I, yeah, yeah. the last time I checked I can't pay my mortgage in backpacks <laughs> so yeah yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I understand that challenge, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, definitely think but... you should write to Prince Edward. I think you should write to The One Show as well. You know, like all these, like, uh, daytime telly shows, The One Show, um, just, yeah, things like that. That would be good. And then somebody out there will be like, oh, I'll give you two grand a month. I'm sure of yeah. it. Well, do you know one thing I am not very good at doing um, is actually doing stuff like that and asking for help. Um you know, um, so I'm just not, I'm not very good at people told me that, you know, you need to stick your head on the line and, and say you need help. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> one of your volunteers might be better at that. Like if they've got, like there's certain personality types, isn't there? And one of them's a campaigner personality type. Um, yeah. And they'll be the person that you, they'll, they'll be like, right, you could go on the radio, go on the local radio, do this, do that, do this. Um, so yeah, it might be from someone in your team. Yeah, 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 food for thought. I might put that to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody could be in charge of like marketing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. And yeah. what do you love most about Kit Squad? What I really love is when um, I send the gear out and the feedback I get back, um, yeah. you know, that, that we've made a difference. Um, I really like that. Yeah. Um, that is such a buzz, um, you know, and, you know, that I could do that all day and receive that kind of feedback. That's, that's really, really nice to get. Must be um, lovely I to also, know that you've helped someone that wouldn't otherwise have, yeah, it's just so lovely, isn't it, to like pay it forward. Yeah, and uh, the other aspect of that, what I really love as well, is that we provide here an opportunity that's very tailor-made for this kit to come, come in, um, as opposed to it going into the generic second-hand market. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. So I met a friend for a coffee at a local small market town. And next door, I think, it was um, there was a charity shop. It, um, it was like the Heart Foundation or Oxfam. It was like one of these generic ones that you, you get a lot, a lot of times. And I walked in, they had a pair of Birkhouse hiking boots that were size 10.5. Yeah. Um, and they wanted 20 quid for them. And I, to be honest, I thought, well, actually, a lot of the people that we support, 20 pounds out of each is, is too expensive. Yeah. Um, but I thought, what are, the, what are the chances of somebody coming into this really small town, mm. needing a pair of hiking boots that size 10 and a half? Yeah. You, know, you need to accommodate. You need to, like, get all that kit, don't you? And just go yeah. around all the charity shops and say, like, if you get hiking stuff, send it over here. Well, I'll tell you what... what so I, as well as running Kit Squad, I also volunteer for two other charities. Um, so Kit Squad's got yeah, a charity. Um, uh, so I volunteer for the Shropshire Cycle Hub, um, which um, gets bikes donated in, and then we refurbish them, get them back out to get people out cycling. And the other one is Shropshire Cat Rescue, which is my therapy. I just go and absorb myself. Oh, my sister does that. She volunteers in a local cat home. She loves it. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. 
and um, they've got a charity shop in in our local town in Shrewsbury, and um, but they divert any of the outdoor kit they they get. They leave it they in do. the cupboard. Oh, me and they, fantastic! Yeah, and they just say, "Just you, you have it. We won't sell it. You can take it." Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if more shops did that, you might get the men's stuff coming through that you need. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so that that's what I really like. It's about that. It's a very specific um uh second hand um market that that we're we're tapping into here um it's it's not being lost in the huge generic second hand market that you see up and down high street so yeah it's very specific so and it keeps it within the community that it was designed to serve really yeah um yeah yeah definitely yeah um we've just had another live comment from today he says does blue peter still exist in the uk um yeah we could get you on blue peter wouldn't we yeah we could that's exactly um, the type of things that they love to do campaigning fundraising yeah and we get a lot we get asked a lot for kids stuff yeah um and um usually we try and encourage people to just do one application a year if they want to reapply for something else we will of course consider it um, and if it's something that we have a lot of stock of, then we're happy to oblige with that. Um, but the exception to that rule of families, and we have a lot of families come back to us mm-hmm. and re-gift um, us back the kit that the kids are outgrown and we'll supply them the next size up. Brilliant. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. So yeah. We, we do support a lot of families in that way. Yeah, so it's sort of like so, a loan service. Like once you finish with it, if it's still okay, then just yeah. give it back. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's no obligation to give it back. Because people say like when, when you give the stuff back, do you expect it back? Are you a lending library? And no, we're not. Uh one of the things we are considering doing is is setting up a lending library next mm. year. Um if nothing else, it, it generates it will generate a bit of income for us. Yeah. Um, but also for people who don't want to buy the stuff but just want to do the odd weekend camping, yeah. um, it ticks that box as well in terms of environmentally that it's not, yeah. um, you know, encouraging people to go out and needlessly spend money buying this material stuff. Um, but the, um, oh, what was I saying? The lending library. Oh, I'll, I'll the, yeah, so we've got, we've got a lending library. There was, there was a point before that. I, the oh, kids hand it back. <laughs> You were talking about the kids. They have oh, a size yes. and then they hand it yeah. back. I don't yeah. know if that was That's right. So train. people say, like, you know, um, did, can people keep it? And the reality is yes. So so uh, when we supply kids with stuff, we don't we have an expectation that they will give it back, especially if there's younger siblings. Just keep it going, gift it on, gift it on, get more people outdoors. Yeah. Um, but also people say, like, well, why, why do you not just, you know, ask for it back when they've done their walk or whatever? But my mentality is, is that I want you to keep using it. Yeah, yeah. And you're more likely to go for a hike if your hiking boots are just sat by the front door. You're more likely to put them on and go than you would do had you ceased having access to them. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the objective for, you know, when when we send gear out, there is no expectation that we're going to get it back. But clearly, if you stop using it, um, morally, the right thing to do would be yeah gift it back to us we can send it on um but when we send it it's yours to keep yes and how does it make you feel to send out a big parcel like that to a low-income family yeah do you know it's brilliant um and we have used um charities out there ourselves for gear 
um, family fund is one. Um, and they supplied us with quite a few items over um, probably the last 10 years. And I just, I know what it's like to not have the capacity to do that for your own family. Um, and I know how grateful I've been when I've actually reached out to these charities and they've stepped up and, and helped me. And it's just, you're so grateful and so relieved that there's somebody out there who can support you. Um, that I feel honored in this situation. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.